future wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. First leg, Warren. I, I just walk home. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a big Group One edition of the Two Units Podcast. The big races are back in Victoria this week in the form of the Memsey Stakes. We've got specs also up there at Rose Hill. We have the Sultan Supper, Footies Fodder. Pack Your Nags, our unit of the week, and we round out the show with our two units, our best bets from around Australia. That's a big menu, Salts. Welcome to the studio. I don't usually love a big menu. I like when restaurants are concise and they zone in on one thing. I can get overwhelmed, but when it comes to a race meeting and and a show for the units, I love a big menu. And how exciting, Group 1 Racing back in Victoria. It was a bit of an off week last week in Victoria, but we've made up for it this week at Caulfield. Yeah, we've it's de- a beauty. We've definitely changed roles. And speaking of great menus, I'm, I, I get overwhelmed these days, Salts. I used to love trying everything from the menu, and now I'm just I'm all about chef's choice. Do it for me, the old uh, banquets. Oh, oh a, a set menu, a feed I me. adore. You, just, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to think. You can complain when something shit comes out. It's brilliant. <laughs> How good. This fresh, delicious, tasty meaty turkey filled cold cut combo i eat three every day to help keep me strong bit of a food theme to start with because we're mm. rolling straight from the degustation chat into the sultan supper where we invite great performances from the week gone by and mate i'm i'm out of invites this week and it's it's only the sultan and it's it's your supper and in, in the name of the great man and, and you've got a couple invites mate well that's all good mate i'll take over we're back in the studio this week so i'm feeling up and about so i've got more i've got two to bring to the supper this week it's a good vibe in the studio yeah isn't it, it is it's good to be back mate i i love you now <laughs> i'm bringing james cummings obviously he was born into racing so he's been given some things yes but he's obviously had to work hard to get where he is he's obviously an astute horseman but what i loved about the return win of animo other than the fact that i backed him was the fact that after the race james cummings was it was rather he, he did a bit of a chris waller impersonation now we know Chris has tears up a little bit when he wins a 78 at Sandown on a Wednesday. <laughs> but James, you got a bit emotional. I think it was a bit of relief, the fact that Animo had come back as a four-year-old in beast mode. He'd obviously got him tuned down to the minute. To Obviously, he wasn't wound right up, but you know, you look at his past parades and he sweated up and stuff, but he had the two jump outs and he just looked so good on the weekend. Beery said he would have just torn it up in the Sydney nightclubs after the race. But <laughs> I loved seeing some emotion from James Cummings that, you know, no matter what you've achieved, no matter what your family have done in the industry, that it still means so much to you. So I, I liked that. Absolutely. And I saw I saw some an interesting fact out there just on the Twitter sphere salts during the week. Speaking of Animo, has a has joined elite company in terms of winner of a group one as a two-year-old, a spring three-year-old, an autumn three-year-old, and now a four-year-old in the Wink Stakes. That's pretty impressive joining Tessa Rosser and Octagonal. Yep, that's absolute company, and he certainly deserves to be there. Hopefully he can win more races this spring. Now, my next invite is rather facetious because... <laughs> I did see this on the menu. Yeah, so I didn't think you are a big <laughs> fan of it. <laughs> well, one, you know, this person, he doesn't mind, um, you know, letting people know where he stands in terms of... A little bit of high horse activity, but what I enjoyed from the weekend was 
Andy Marr commentating on SEN. He commentated the Colts and Collingwood game. Now I made it known that I was quite filthy on the fact that... You haven't mentioned it yeah, a single they'd, time. they'd put it on a Sunday. And going into that game, I thought, you know what? I'd already seen one of the greatest moments of all time when we beat Essendon after Siren. Like, could I miss a greater moment than that? And it turns out that I could. But <laughs> seeing the replay in the SEN box and, and Jared Waitley, great call. Collingwood closed like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> but just seeing how upset Andy Marr was, it, it actually... It brought a smile to my face. So I want to get him along to the supper as a facetious invite to give him a meal to, to raise the spirits. And, you know, we can watch the supper over the replay as well. So I that'd be that. great. I love that. You didn't miss much though. Like speaking to a few colleagues of mine that had the privilege of running the game mm. in the in the center of the ground, they said that that is hands down the loudest the MCG has ever been yeah. in the history of the stadium. Well, my mates have been kind to me because I haven't sort of rubbed it in about how good the atmosphere was. But you know, there was, there's a couple of comments that... It was rather extraordinary. But hey, watching it on my phone in a car park in Blackburn off the M1. <laughs> That's rock On the way home and, you know, almost tearing up, bashing my steering wheel when the siren went. So, you know, that almost matches being at the ground. <laughs> That's rock bottom, mate. That goal regulation size are one! So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! I see no finger paintings you bring home and they suck! I'm calm! All right, time to get into some pack your nags now, mate, where we just send things packing from the week gone by. And you know what? You've been busy at the supper, so I'm going to kick off the pack your nags session. And uh, I've heard a few rumblings here. Look, I love teeing off on things that I don't know are 100% factors yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to tie it into one <laughs> okay. that I do. So payment plans, Salts. So I recently booked a overseas holiday perhaps mm. sorry mum i haven't told mum yet it's at christmas time uh, <laughs> here he is <laughs> the bass straight mate is yeah. it's savage yeah I so yeah yeah, don't, yeah respect the bass straight mm. but i'm going a little further north than that and seeing the option of having payment plans for flights is something that's just a bugbear of mine mm. so like if you're booking a holiday if you're going on Jetstar and you're booking a $39 flight and you're going on a payment plan, you're probably not in the best position to go on a holiday. So payment plans, pack your nags. But just on that, I'm hearing that there might be a particular syndicator in racing that might be rolling out payment plans for ownership. Now, I think that if this is true, now I'm fact-checked completely here, Salts, so I'm just going to tee off anyway. Yeah. But if this is true, it's an utter disgrace. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's getting footies off the long run. Yeah. <laughs> you only get involved in ownership if you've got somewhat of a disposable income where you've actually, or you've actually saved up and planned for it. Because, yeah. yeah. Say it's, no more. It's a in terms of investments, it's a luxury investment. It is a luxury investment, yeah. and that's why we get horses online for the cheap. Yeah, because we don't want to invest that much. Speaking of, we've got one running today, mm. Salts, my bold boy Chippies, and he's actually going to run during the show. So we might actually have to live stream him on Sky Thoroughbred Central to the listeners. Twenty five minutes time, we'll we'll talk about him. And speaking of my bold boy, a horse that's in the same caliber is very elegant in terms of ability. Now. <laughs> What I'm sending packing is the Europeans on social media that automatically just link any failure of any horse that's Australian to Winks not being good enough. <laughs> it's an absolute joke. So very elegant goes over there. She, she ran like the biggest figure in the bloody history of the planet in the Melbourne Cup. And, you know, she was okay in the, the preparation after that, but she's just not at her best anymore. And she, she had some things in from an analysis point of view in that race in France. First up 2,000 metres, 
fast track and the fact that they walked and then sprinted was against her. Now, she wasn't her usual self. They're, they're going to have another run with her. But the first thing I see on social media is, ah, oh, well, Australian, too, you know, this is their best. This is one of their best ever 2000 meter horses to have raced in Australia. You know, if, if this is how good she is, obviously <laughs> Winx was no good. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Winx was a superstar just because she didn't go over there. You brought Ben Bell over here and Ocean is banging on about the fact that he would have beaten her. Well, I'll give you a heads up, champ. We spoke about it the other week. He didn't. Winx is a star. Don't worry about what Very Elegant's done. It has no effect on her legacy. I love it. Such a warranted tee off and extremely well articulated salts. Great, uh, great segment of packing eggs. Good weirdness. Also some good specific horse racing stuff in there as well, which is important. Thanks, mate. I love an echo chamber. And if it's real, I don't want to know. Just tweet. It's footies fodder. <laughs> All right, Salts, the greatest segment, the greatest segment in podcasting history is upon us. The little flamingo solo in that song just makes my heart melt. <laughs> it's been three weeks between drinks for the fodder. It's, it's that sporadic, but geez, we love it when it gets up yeah. every time. We put out the tweet yesterday. Uh, we wanted to know people that unique skills. So we wanted to know what pe- what skills do people possess that they believe is unique to them. Saltsy, do you have any unique skills before we get into the uh, the tweeters? I can <laughs> fart with my throat. <laughs> That's about it. I'm an absolute frog. <laughs> oh, that was that's outrageous. We might have to chat. What about you, up. mate? I'll chuck that one up on the socials. Um, my unique skill, Saltsy, is is I think incredibly unique, and I don't know if anyone can challenge me on this. Well, no one can challenge me on this. It's because it's my honesty that can, I mm. guess, justify this. And I probably wake up. I'm not a real heavy sleeper. I probably wake up two to three times a night, perhaps. Yeah. And every time I can nail within five minutes, like what the time is. It's a good skill. So if I wake up, I'll go, hmm, I reckon it's 2.15. It'd be 2.18. Like I'm just, I'm just nail it every single time. And I don't reckon anyone else possesses that skill. And that's unique. You'd have made a good caveman. You would have woken up and seen up oh, 2.05 a.m. Time to clobber someone over the back of the skull. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> um, hey, we've had uh, we've had a few. Let's get to the honourable mentions now from the tweeters. Paul Colsey, he's, uh, he, his unique skill is that he can recall the bat, make and model used by any cricketer, including one-day domestic journeyman from 2005 onwards. That's a great skill. That's an outstanding skill. Now, you and I have had a, a little battle because you're quite good at this as well, whether you're not on the same level as Causey, but we had an argument about Mark War. I said, well, Mark War, he used the V100. The first cricket bat I got was a V100 because Mark War was my favourite cricketer. And, and Mark War was my favourite cricketer yeah. too, but I was all about the V800. Yeah. V100, no good. He, he changed to the 800. Did yeah, he? he did. Yeah. He he probably played. He them. played probably end up playing with more 800s than 100s. Yeah, the yeah. 800 Pro, when you used to walk into like your local sports shop. Jeez, I did some shadow. <laughs> it was bat- always behind geez, the glass. Jeez, I did some shadow <laughs> batting <laughs> with one of those bad boys in the old uh, local sports power. Yeah. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Waiting, no. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what else is I can. I reckon I'm pretty good at in that cricket. I reckon I can name like every Zimbabwean cricketer from like 2000 to 2003. 
That is an absolutely outstanding. It is the most yeah. useless fact ever. Yeah. Well, let's digress. I'm going to bring, <laughs> I'm not bringing anyone. I'm going to read out. <laughs> Tab Lord Kieran, he says, under the right conditions, I can give myself a wristwatch. And that's quite a talent because you have to actually get the leather strap and then <laughs> and then put the clock face on and then assemble it all together. So he's obviously got great skills in in um, you know creating timepieces. So that's a very unique skill. Apparently, the boys down at the pub call him the Garmin. <laughs> <laughs> that's just what I heard. Hey, uh, red red and black red and blacks uh, message, and he he reckons he can say the alphabet backwards now. That is a that is a unique skill. I'm mm. not sure if he's the only one that possesses that, but I'll tell you a story which involves a little bit of me having to tell the alphabet backwards one day, Salts. Mm. Now, I was uh, I was doing like a, a club visit at Essendon Footy Club one summer, so you're umpiring some matches. And this is red and black. This is red yeah. and black that's fitting, isn't yeah. it? And I was out there doing like a club visit, and it was the last session before Christmas, so they were doing match sim, playing like an intra-club game. And do you remember David Myers that used to I play do. for Essendon? Number 23. Big raking yeah, left, left footer. footer. Yeah. So I got caught too close to play and he's absolutely tried to kick this thing 70 <laughs> metres. And I was three metres away from it and he's kicked it into the side of my lid. And I've hit the ground like a <laughs> That's sack. That's protocols, mate. I've hit the ground like a sack. And this was before concussion was a really big thing. Yeah. And I went... I got the car, I drove home after the game and I got home and I was like, geez, I feel dizzy and yuck. And I called the doc and I went and did a concussion test. And part of it was like reading the alphabet backwards and like the months. Reading it while the letters are there or just in your head? In my head, I yeah, had to okay. like think of it and like the months of the year backwards yeah, as well and easy. answering some strange questions. I'm like, I wouldn't pass this test if I didn't get hit in the no. head with a with a shezza. Z, Y, W, X, U, B, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, okay, well, moving on. Um, good one, red and black. Uh, Brent Gordon, he uh, he's designed racetracks and infrastructure for a living. Um, I think that's just your job, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good flex. It's a good flex. It's That's like, like the shark tweeting in saying, I design golf courses and, like, and, and bed Saudis. Like you, it's like you saying, I'm a form analyst. <laughs> oh. Rob Flea, his unique skill is he's taught the kids that wheat bix for dinner is a treat. <laughs> when I have a strip out, it's wheat bix for dinner for a week and everyone's on top of the world. <laughs> To get any excited, they probably don't even get any brown sugar yeah, to put on top yeah, of them. Sugar, Dad. Yeah. Nah, nah, I love them plain. <laughs> <laughs> no milk. Oh, that's stiff, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's good. And Salty, the winner, the winner of the week. Do you want to read out the winner, mate? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Simon Ewan. Simon has the unique skill of being able to avoid all events with the missus and the family on a Saturday to ensure the punt has my fully devoted attention, which then goes hand in hand with. My second unique skill of being in the doghouse every Saturday night. So if there's something we want to reward, it's, you know, questionable parenting and, and you know, rocky relationships. So we'll get around Simon there. There's some great commitment to the yeah, great game nah, there, isn't no, there? I'm being facetious, Simon. I'm obviously, you're, you're obviously an outstanding father, mate. But, mate, in terms of avoiding things on a Saturday afternoon, I've got a wedding in two weeks' time. Yeah. So if the Pies lose next Saturday, I'll have a wedding and mm. they'll also be group racing as well so you know I, you're probably listening you know <laughs> probably would have thought 
you know, not the middle of September <laughs> yeah. on a Saturday for a wedding, but you know, what are you doing? Huh? Che- oh, oh, yeah, cheap kind of, venues. Yeah, outstanding. <laughs> che- cheap venue. Got the, got the venue they wanted though. Yeah, nice and it wasn't the MCG. All right. Hey, on the other side of this, we're going to get into some, some racing, including the Group 1 Memsey Stakes. Top Sport is bringing you something that's better than the best and better than the rest. It's best of the best multis. Your top odds are guaranteed. Just place a best of the best multi across any Saturday Metro meeting to score yourself the top fluck or top dividend from the three national totes on each leg. How's that for top dollar? Download the app today and bet your way. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Best of the best not available WA races. Gamble responsibly. It's now time for Salt Specs. And as always, this part of the show is proudly brought to you by our great mates at Top Sport. And Salts, we've got specs across two states this week. First time. We've, are we slacking off or have, or is the racing just that good the that ra- we just want to just narrow it down to the to mostly Caulfield and a few Rose Hill? The racing's that good. Hopefully it means you've just learned to get rid of Queensland because it's <laughs> no good. And I'll probably end up having something at Morpheville. I honestly just haven't had the time to get to it as yet, so we're going to look at Caulfield in depth and, and a bit of Rose Hill as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we got a bit of a drying track at Caulfield with a bit of luck. Hopefully, I think it was in the heavy range this morning. Yeah, well, the weather on race day is outstanding. It's 18 and sunny, which is which is beautiful. But the track's heavy eight as of Thursday morning, and I'd, it's going to be in the soft range. It'll be a seven, maybe to a six, but I'd be setting up for a seven or a six. The rail's nine. No, no the, the rail was nine metres last uh, meet, but it's in the true this week, so you know you got quite a bit of fresh ground. I'd expect it to race quite well, and some light winds will have little impact on the outcome of races. I love that. Mm. We got no, we got no excuse. Well, we the wind at Caulfield's the wind. Uh, it's often uh, has a major impact on the way races are run. So when light winds are there, it's always for good racing. Excellent. Hey, I'm going to kick off the specs today. So it's in race five, the McNeil Stakes over twelve hundred, and I'm with a I'm with the cult that looks to have some serious ability for Team Godolphin aft cabin and his last start win at Sandown over 1400 was as visually impressive as you get when it comes to horse racing I think and sat three wide the trip relaxed beautifully under Jamie Carr and said suck on that one as he went by and (laughs) gave the rest of the field some absolute windburn in a canter soft on the line by six lengths now different gravy here and 1400 back to 1200 let's be honest it's not a good setup but i'm happy to take on trust that this horse has black type written all over him so af cabin three bucks race five mcneil stakes my first bet of the day well if ever a horse was going to say suck on that one as they went on by it was then because he gave him an absolute gobful <laughs> oh, uh, in terms of his setup like there's a few ways you can read it like i made a little bit of a case against him earlier today in the fact that He's three bucks and, you know, he lost first up over 1,200 metres on a wet track and then he went to 1,400 metres and bolted in. Now he's got to come back to 1,200 metres and he's a horse that's getting aimed right up at the Caulfield Guineas. So mm. he's going to be a miler. So back in distance doesn't suit, but then it's hard to find a horse that's better than him in the race. There's some returning that have some queries on him. Is Dormier going to come back? You know, it's got a decent weight as well. And being back in trip, there's actually good speed. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. there's plenty of speed. But the there. low barrier means he's probably going to be back on the fence. So it's an interesting one. I'm going to stay out. But I could, I could understand both cases. I can understand someone saying, you know what, three bucks is overs. And I can understand saying three bucks is unders. So it's a it's a good race I'm, I'm keen to watch. It's one that we're generally just going to, I know it's an obvious statement, but we'll know after the race if, with, you know, three bucks. Is it yeah. the right price? No, exactly right. exactly right. Exactly right. I think I think this horse could be something special. Hey, uh, race six, Salts, it's, uh, it's a 
Group 3 set weights and penalties for the four-year-olds and upwards over the 1,100. And uh, you like a, an old familiar face. I do. Well, he's still young in the tooth. Now, and we speak of generation. Now, before you come back as a three-year-old member off his jump out, I said, you know, this this is your Coolmore horse. He didn't quite live up to that, but I think he's in for his best preparation to come. And I absolutely adore his setup today. So he's had two trials. Speaking of his trials, his most recent one was in very fast time at Cranbourne. It was a full second faster than the one that contained Star Patrol on the same morning. His last 400 and 200 was absolutely sizzling. 21.32 and 10.70 for his last 200, fastest of the morning, under little urging. It was a late work. Mark Zara rode that day, six first up today. He mapped for a beautiful suck run. And I can punch holes in other horses in the market. In the boat is one I can punch big holes in because he's got the race pattern where he needs to be fit. So he goes forward, he busts him up. He's winning the discovery at sale, was absolutely outstanding. Lombardo just couldn't keep up with him, ended up going to Adelaide, winning the Goodwood. So he's a good horse. He goes forward and busts him up, but you've got to be hard fit for that. He's only had one jump out. It was on a synthetic 1,000 meter at Warnable, and two horses that jumped out with him that day for Lindsay Smith went around short odds at Warnable on a heavy track on Tuesday. didn't go a yard. Now, whether or not that means he's not going to, who knows, but he does have a little wet track query as well. Star Patrol was listed as not going up to market expectations in the Creswick because it was a soft seven. Far more effective on top of the ground. Downgrade, no good, only one jump out. Red Cam Man, interesting one, over from WA. He's the one I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing how, how he runs. He brings some really strong form lines from Perth. He does, and he brings some good figures. Often takes one to get going. He's 1,100, a little short of his best. Not mm. sure. He is a sharp horse. He's only had the one trial too, so... Here we are. We've got a race with really good speed. We've got a horse generation coming back from a Queensland prep, so not off that long. Beautiful jump outs. The latest trial was excellent and maps for a beautiful suck run. I think he's over the odds, Generation. Generation at $5 on top sport for Saltsy. Hey, guess what, mate? I'm getting involved in this race from an each way perspective Ooh. as well. And One uh, by three? It's It could be a one by three. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, I'm actually going for the race to race double of Car Godolphin because I like Kalos here, and I've tipped Kalos before at a price saltsy. The only in the, in the group mm. two Dane Hill, and yeah. I'll touch on that. But I was when he was good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting a big prep here. Outstanding return in the Lightning at Morfittville. Kayla Crowther gave him a great run in transit. Peeled off at the 200. Looked. Looked the winner, but just a bit soft late, which was probably expected first up. And the form from that race. I think stacks up. Will Clarkin's gun four-year-old, extremely lucky, won in great fashion that day with an absolute barnstormer down the outside. And uh, and Kalos beat home I Am Benny, who's since franked the form and won at Caulfield. So I think Kalos has topped up beautifully for this. Last time he was second up, he won the Group 2 Dane Hill and ran a huge peak figure. No reason why he doesn't go to another level this prep. Gains the services of Jay Carr, as I mentioned, who will look for some cover midfield. And no doubt there's some quality in this race, but at the price of $18 and $4.40, I'm pretty happy to get involved with Kalos in race six. So it's in a one-by-three play. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Hey, mate, now let's head to race number eight, the Group 1 Wait for Age Memsey Stakes over 1,400. And you and I are getting on board every single tipping show in the world, and we're going to have a <laughs> we're going to have a $100 play on the Group 1. <laughs> That's but unique. Just, but just through spring, we came up with this yep. idea, we workshopped yep. we it. Work, yep. We got the whiteboard out, different colored textures and everything, yeah. and this is what we landed on. And we thought, let's have a pissing contest because – you're not like I like to have a play in group ones. You're very select with your bets, but 
our listeners quite often mm. salts want to know who do you have on top in these races yeah so it's good for you to preface the race and say hey i don't have a tip but here's my top four or here's how i'd map out a hundred dollar play so it's yeah. a good little concept for the listeners that perhaps only like to dabble in the group ones yeah and and i'm stomping you and all my other mates in our group one tipping comp as well <laughs> hey, mate, so you know, is, obviously know where to throw the darts this is a different kettle of fish <laughs> this again. game and this is we're starting on zero well let's talk about this race and the way it sets up for starters so uh, quite often the memsies won on speed it's early in the preparation so i think a little bit of residual fitness would go a long way but then there's there is a, a decent amount of tempo with snap dancer lightsaber call sign mav can roll across and tofano won this race last year from up on speed if i was she's an absolute 1400 meter group one she's bull. in the yulong colors now yeah so which is why she, on she was in my numbers and she went <laughs> yeah. out after the color change but uh it, it looks like a great race in terms of ones i could be against um I'm against elation. I think he's so. I don't look at benchmark ratings relative to the weight they're carrying all that much. Mm-hmm. In this particular case, he's an 84 rater carrying 58 and a half kilos against some hardened Group One horses. Last start, he beat Hop on Harry at Morvanville. <laughs> Fair income, he's a billion bucks in this. So, <laughs> as favourite, you just couldn't get near him. I think you get double figures for him. I know there's a bit of hype about him, but if the computers and stuff step in late, I think he pro- he'll probably touch 10 bucks. And there's, there's a bit against in the barrier too, but he is jumping out well. I could make a case for a couple. I'm probably not going to have a bet in the race just because of the rain that's come. If, if not as much rain come, I could, could have made a decent push for Snap Dancer. Mm-hmm. She brings good residual fitness. She was good over 1,400 metres. I know it was a Phillies and Mares group one at Eagle Farm last start, but geez, she was worked over and swooped on by Startantes, but held off the rest. I thought it was really good. Ethan Brown has a great affiliation with her. She trialled beautifully behind Malkovich up in Sydney at Warwick Farm and her work through the line was excellent. Galloped at Caulfield the other day and, and looks the likely leader. The other one, you know, if so I'd, I'd have 70 bucks on her. Mm-hmm. The other one is I'd, I'd have $30 on Cascadian. Now That, that trial yeah. with Animo. Oh, well, that's it because we're, we're looking at Animo. Animo was sort of hanging in. He was doing a little bit wrong is, in that trial. I thought he was – I still thought it was good, obviously, because I liked him last weekend. Is Cascadian naturally a good trialer? He is, he's flashy. Yeah, okay. he, he's often quite flashy in his trials. He gets back and finds because the line. he was a real yeah. eye catcher. It was a flashy trial, and he is a flashy horse. He's got the baldy face. Yeah, he's a beautiful horse. Jet face. A little bit of um, rain doesn't hurt him. Yep. You know, his last two runs at Group One level, sixteen back to fourteen hundred meters last start, and and ran a, a career peak figure really in Australia, um, winning that Group One at Wait for Age at Randwick last start. So that was on a heavy eight track. So a bit of rain. Blake Shing, middle alley. The thing is, you say middle alley, but he's probably going to get back yep. and rattle home. And often first up 1,400 metres, he's got back and railed up. Mm. And, and sometimes it's been inferior ground and he's ran really well first up, just whether or not he can win because mm. he gets back. I know mm. this race is often one on speed, but I'd have something on him because he looks to be back in fantastic order. So just for your listeners, your $100 play is $70 snappy. Yep, seventy dollars snap dancer, thirty dollars Caskey. Yep, the Cascadian. There's yep. Salt's hundred dollar play. I'll just whiz through mine quickly. Yep. That's going to smash you out of the ballpark here. Uh, seventy dollars Salt's. My main play is going to be the Alligator Blood. So last start, fourteen hundred meter Group One winner in the Stradbroke. You've mentioned the term residual fitness about four times. Well, I think he brings that here. Should get a squeeze from the paint by Ollie. And uh, yeah, I think that Brisbane winter fitness should just see him, uh, see him through nicely. $20 elation. Now, I kind of got to put my money where my mouth is because I've been 
banging on about this is the horse for spring and I would be so mad if Elation won and I wasn't on. So it gets 20 bucks for me. The Back in best of the best, brother. Yeah, I like it. Yep. What's actually, we need to set up our conditions for this $100. Are we going at? I think whether or not, I think what you stipulate. Okay. Because so, like often, I, like the way I like finding things that are overs. Mm. Yeah. So what I'd do is I'd back um, Cascadia now and I'd back Snapdancer best of the best. Okay. Well, I'll put them in graphics and I'll put them on our Insta yeah, and nice. our... I'll put them on our Insta feed. So these are a hundred dollar plays. So elation for me, 20 bucks. And then I'm having $10 on an old fashioned jaunty roads at backward point, throw at the stumps here on lightsaber, 10 bucks on lightsaber at $41. And, uh, has had a few issues with the, uh, with the barriers old lightsaber, but, uh, interesting runner here. I think 41's overs, hopefully it doesn't blow the start like he did in the CF4. And the, that's my hundred dollar play 70 alligator blood, 20 elation, 10 on lightsaber. Lovely. Let's switch states, shall we? Yeah, let's switch states, shall we? Let's say to, that a few times. Let's go to Rose Hill. Hey, we're four minutes until Chippy's jumps All as right. well. So I reckon we'll get through yeah, maybe we'll one or two one yeah. or two races at yeah. Rose Hill and then we'll flick into some yeah. absolute live hissing mode. Mate, um what's the what's the weather looking like up there in up in there in Sydney or the, Western Sydney? Well the rail's true. It's back from a seven meter. I know that's got nothing to do with the weather, but it's the order I'm going in. Rail true, back from seven last week where it was a hot rail. It won't be a hot rail this week. Weekend. There is the chance of some showers on race day, but it's relatively clear away from the coast in the lead up. I'd say a likely five or, or six at worst. Shouldn't be a great deal of bias. Okay, excellent. Well, let's kick things off in race number three. It's a benchmark 78 over the 2000. Really like Borna King here. He comes up from a really good first up run at, at Flemington off a of fresh, and that was 1600 meters. He hunted the inside. That was a soft six. He's better on top of the ground. He's clear, correct. Career peak figure comes Rose Hill on a good track. But he gets to 2,000 metres. The way he closed there was was really good. And he's just better than 78 grade. So he's in really well with the Dylan Gibbons three kilo claim. His best form comes at this trap. This is his pet trip. He maps the settle on speed. Very hard to beat Borna King in race three. 350. Is he a dual acceptor? He scratched from Caulfield. Yep. scratch, sorry. Yep. I missed that one. Yep. Uh, race number five, Saltsy. It's a benchmark 100 over the 1,400. Grayson Harmony was absolutely terrific first up off a long spell and just one trial. She flew home in the fastest last four and 200 metres of the day off a slow tempo, yes, but she left subsequent winner Niffler for dead when the sprint went on. She ran straight past Pizarro, who won last week and it ran with great ride by Huey in the last. So I really like the fact that she's three weeks between runs. So she only goes 13 to 1,400 metres. But the fact that she was first up off a long break, I like three weeks. Keep that sprint in the legs. Kieran McAvoy's the worry. He's not riding very many winners of late. At least it's not from a wide draw. Mm-hmm. It's from a low draw. She'll probably be two back the fence. So going to need a little bit of luck. But if the gap's calm, she's got a mean turn of foot. And she's at $3.30 on top sport. Did you assess um, Old Flame looks like a horse with plenty of upside in that race? What did you think of uh, Old Flame for Peter and Paul Snowden? Yeah, he does. I've got a few of those myself, mate. But the Old, <laughs> the old Flame, he he jumped out quite well. Actually, or trialed. It's, it's so yeah. hard to. I'm, I'm in Victorian mode all the time now, so <laughs> yeah. they're all jump outs. But his trials were really good, and he was good behind Rustic Steel, 1600 meters soft seven at Gosford. Followed him out sprinted, but that's a good horse. He'd won subsequently. He was rock solid second up at Caulfield, 1400 last prep. He beat a good one um, that was held up for the Bustin and Young one, Uncle Bryn, yep. on on Australian debut. So, yeah, he probably maps forward to Grayson Harmony as well. He's the main danger. 
but I landed on her. I wanted to follow her. Huge sprint first up. Nicely. Hey, let's just head to race six. We've got the they're, – they're just around the back of the barriers at, ah, lovely. at Wagga. But we'll move to race six with the benchmark 78 over the 1100 and uh, you're buttering up here, Saltzy. Yeah, I'm not dropping off fire. I, I thought he was an up-and-coming group class horse and I still think he is. So, yes, he's up four kilos, but he's back in grade from an 84 to a 78. He's back around a bend. He got lost down the Flemington Strait. I thought he'd handle it because he'd gone so well on the hillside. He just got there a little bit early and got lost. I think he threw the waist the waist away. Yeah. So Chain of Lightning's a dominant winner and she'll go around in the um what's that one? The Cochrane this weekend. And, you know, she's an okay chance in that. She's a nice horse, undefeated for Moody. You know, you've got to be wary of undefeated Philly for, for Peter Moody. But back around a band, he can either lead or track the speed and he's just better than He's just better than these, really. Yeah, fair dart. Big pikey takes the reins. And dollar ninety there uh, for fire in uh, race number six at Rose Hill. Hey, we're going to flick to Wagga quickly. This is the first, this is the official first live two units crossover. Uh, who's calling at Wagga today? <laughs> Do we know? Surely it's Anthony Manton. Oh, I think it's Anthony Manton. We'll head to Anthony Manton over on Sky Thoroughbred Central Salts and we'll uh, give this a watch. Got some very fast horses. This fellow is no exception. He's a pretty fast customer, Agent Moon. So he takes oh, up I his spot. About <laughs> Friends of Ren to be the last. For the Christopher Graydon Jewelers Showcase 58, favourite six, Miss Elsie May. Punters butted up again here on this local mare. Shanghai him. Shanghai him, bull. She's Shanghai been a bit bull. costly in the past. She's got the blue and yellow stripes on. Set to go at the thousand. They're off. Oh, Scaife missed the start. Oh, Miss Elsie May came that. away midfield. And my bold boy, my oh, bold boy fires out of the gates. He'll find the lead <laughs> easily here. City Road got across into second. Allegorical's this, this going to land. Leaders back third. Then came Chili Cot in fourth position. Friends of Wren's fifth. Uh, then came Moon Dancer. Got onto heels. Lost its spot. Miss Elsie May passed it. Further back in the field. Lace and Whiskey three deep with a back to follow. Agent Moon is second last and Scaife after bombing the, the start is last. Come on, Chippies. My bold boy turns in front. City Rogues in second. Allegorical Go got the third. Ball. Miss Elsie May, Agent Moon. And then came Friends of Ren Racing Whiskey ball. down Get the gutsy. outside. My bold boy still in come front on, from on, City Rogue. Then Go came Chippies. Agent Moon. Go Miss Elsie May, Allegorical's gone. Still Get my gutsy. bold Chippies. boy in front. My no, bold come boy, City Rogue. Here comes Agent Moon. Lacing Whiskey out wide. But Agent Moon. Agent Moon hit the front from Lace and whiskey, lace and whiskey, lace and whiskey. Oh, 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 Good track and you're bolting. Well, You're anywhere on a good track. Well, we're fired up here and oh, he's fallen in. I don't, I'm just going to wait until the official numbers are in the frame. So it's, I'm hoping has he's come third. I'm hoping he has. I actually backed him each way. Yeah, so did I. I've had a, I've had a, I've had a fair dip at the place. <laughs> so there's going to be a genuine, there's going to be a he, genuine drop in Are they putting mood. up a replay there? They are, and you can't tell. But oh, the angle at Wagga's a bloody busted asshole too. They've, they've got, they've got the first two in the frame. Oh. It's a photo for third. Oh god, he gave a good kick. He gave a really good sight. 
the, the mood of the rest of this show is going to be very dependent on this photo, Salt, so I'm not going to lie to you. I'm stoked with how he ran, though. Yeah. Because he's, he's not a wet trucker. That's I reckon he's been done here, mate. Oh, that's getting brutal. Yeah. I, I, I can't... The, it's a funny angle, but... Oh. You don't even play it out. This is good podcasting, listeners. <laughs> oh, look, All right, let's move on. We'll, we'll update whether or not he got up. We will move on, and so we'll get back to Rose Hill because I have a I have a runner at Rose Hill that I uh, that I really like. For Tony. Oh, fuck no! Nah. <laughs> Sorry, come on, mate. Come on, Mark. So, hey, Craig McRae, windscreen wipers. Okay, windscreen, windscreen wipers. wipers. Race nine, Group Three, San Domenico Stakes, Salts, eleven hundred meters. Oh. <laughs> um, that's the best fourth I've ever seen. Ever. Okay. Oh, the moods. That's that sucked the fun right out of that for me. All right, go on with it. Race nine, group three, San Domenico Stakes over the 1100. Uh, I like Natuno here, Salts, so the uh, Tony Gollan trained 500k cult. Um, I feel like Andy Marr in the <laughs> SAN box. <laughs> I put this guy down, Salts. So we were asked the question a couple of weeks ago on another show. We do the, our left field horses to watch for the spring, and Natuno was mine. And I don't know how left field you can get for a $500,000 cult, but I guess coming from Queensland, he's he's unbeaten in three races. And uh, his latest was uh, he last raced and won in the Group 3 Ken Russell on the Gold Coast. And in all his runs, he's, he's just been... He's over-raced a little. He's found it hard to settle, and but he's still been very good and good enough to get the job done. And that's at Group 3 level too. So the stable's been really keen to get him to relax a little bit more this prep. And his latest trial, he was jagged out the back and did exactly that, running home really nicely. So um, Naturno heads here to the San Domenico, kicking off what, what hopefully is a Group 1 uh, campaign for him. And... I just read an article this morning. Tony Gollan said he could be the best young horse that he's ever had. So I know this. I know T Gollan likes to chat a bit, but that's a huge call. Natuno at six bucks for me. Salts in race nine in the San Domenico. I didn't listen to a word you just said. <laughs> but good luck. <laughs> oh, oh geez. what's next? What's next? You know what's next? Unit. It is time for Unit of the Week, where we give our lucky listener a $200 bonus bet to come on board. Uh, we're trying to raise funds for Save a Horse Australia, and here by popular demand is Twitter's favourite personality. I don't know what we're going here. It doesn't have a blue tick. It does not have a blue tick, but Golden Paddy, he finally got him on the show. He's our unit of the week, and this is what Golden likes. G'day, units. Paddy here. Cheers for having me. Uh, the Sabre Horse charity must be in dire straits if they're relying on me to get a return, uh, but I'll give it my best shot. Uh, this week, I'll be having $200 the win on Caulfield Race 7, number 7, uh, so passive-aggressive in the Cochrane Stakes. Uh, this mare is on a real upward trajectory. Um, she ran a figure at the end of last prep that only a handful in this field have been able to run, uh, and they generally needed 1,400 metres or further to be able to do it. Uh, the trial leading into this prep could not have been any better. Um, she's returned in outstanding order. From the barrier, Geordie will be able to put her on speed with minimal uh, effort to get there. Any given the track only enhances her chances, and uh, I think she'll make it a perfect five from five. Anyway, thanks for having me, and uh, good luck on the punt this week. Thank you, Golden. Much, much more of a gentleman. 
much yeah, more of a gentleman with the golden tonsils. He's golden, golden dulcet tones, Patty. Yeah, that's very good. Passive aggressive. We're on at two dollars forty on Top Sport. There, thanks again to Top Sport for getting on board with this uh, unit of the week, our charity each week. And we'll head into two units now, our best bets from around Australia. And uh, Salty, all going to kick us off this week because we've got the same best bet. We do. We're we're a triple treat because I'm with you. Race seven, number seven, passive aggressive. She's four from four for a reason. She should make it five from five this weekend. Golden touch on the fact her jump out was outstanding. Well, she didn't get touched and she was home 21.84.11.07. It was brilliant. She handles wet tracks. That was clearly the fastest of 7.990 heats that morning. She races on speed. She's a weapon. And I just can't see her getting beaten. If she does, then I would have seen her getting beaten. But she's one of those bets. I say it all the time. You have every day of the week. The other thing I love about her is in all four starts over her career she's improved her rating in every single start so she's on an absolute upward spiral should progress this weekend in the in the uh, Cochrane yeah I, I can't I can't add anything more I'm with your salts I'm with I'm with golden that trial was just an absolute formula one mm. I think Dan Ricardo is a free agent isn't he I think he's <laughs> I think he's gonna come back and ride <laughs> passive aggressive uh so yeah uh, yeah Graham Begg thinks this is the best horse he's ever had as well, and I, I love it. So six units, me, you, and Golden Patty, mate. Six units uh, for the win on uh, on passive aggressive. I'm emotionally distraught after mm. the show. I'm a little bit rattled after this salt. So um, yeah, all the best, I guess, to all the, <laughs> all the punters across the weekend, and uh, yeah, enjoy the Memsey stakes and hey, group this, one. This this song is um. You know, I'm back in generation. Oh, I know this isn't my generation, but it's the same band. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Play this out. Oh. Yeah, play this out for like two minutes. Right. I want someone to have a bloody get a speeding fine. <laughs> you better be careful. You'll get old, mate, from Woodstock '99. <laughs> people will be. I want someone to start a fire. People will be blaming Limp Biscuit for getting a speeding fine. But I, I listened to this album every morning in Year Seven. Went to school and just trashed the joint. <laughs> Uh, I went to school so angry one morning. My mates were like, have you smoked weed? I'm like, well, one, that does the opposite. And two, I just li- listened to chocolate starfish, hot dog flavoured water on yeah. the way to school. What do you want me to do? Yeah, <laughs> All right, listeners, all the best on the weekend. We'll be back next week.